Well, hello, everybody. Have y'all ever heard of this idea called a yes day? Anybody ever heard of, an, of a yes day in the audience? Okay, so I heard about it recently. My, uh, my little girl, Riley, she turned six years old, and we asked her what she wanted for her birthday, and she's like, Daddy, we, I want a yes day. And I was like, what is that? And uh, well, my wife and I were sitting there trying to figure it out. Well, it turns out this yes day thing, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awful concept that some parents somewhere created and are spreading in our community like a disease. But the idea is that on this day or you know, on your birthday, um, whatever you want to do on this day, you know, within the bounds of what's legal and affordable and safe, um, it's a yes. Like you get a, a, a yes day. And we were like, mm, I don't know, but just for sake of argument, sweetie, um, you, you can keep her up there if you want, but uh, what would you do on your yes day? I kind of wanted to do a little eval of like how much this was going to cost. Uh, and so she goes, uh, she, here's her yes day. This is the, my, my six-year-old's desire for a yes day. And it was, uh, I want to swim in the morning with my friends. I was like, nice, that's free. Uh, go to Chick-fil-A for lunch. Great job, sweetie. We're on track. This is awesome. Uh, Go to the dollar movie, the dollar theater to watch the new Mario movie. I'm like, yes, this is, I'm, on, I'm in, tracking so far. Uh, then in the evening, wanted to go roller skating at like the uh, Hot Wheels roller rink with the grandparents though. And I was kind of like, well, they'll probably pay for it. So we're still on really good, we're still on track here. I'm like, great move bringing the, the grandparents in there, sweetie. Pro move right there. And then of course she wanted a cookie cake. And we're like, okay. We can do that. So we gave Riley a yes day. And, you know, it was great. We had fun. She had a blast. Uh, and, um, you know, I enjoyed kind of watching the whole day unfold. But I will, if I'm being honest, simultaneously, I could not help but, like, once in a while wonder, what about me? Okay? Like, where's my yes day? You know? I'm looking at her. I'm like, okay, swimming, Chick-fil-A, and roller skating, and a movie? I'm like, you call that a yes day? Why don't you give me a shot at this yes day thing? On my yes day, man, I'm going to get, like, a free lake lake house with a bunch of jet skis. I'm going to fly an F-22 Raptor and have lunch with, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, like, that's just the start of my, my yes day. Why don't you give me a shot at this thing? That would be great. But nobody ever wants to give me a yes day. You know, well, some people do. You know, like, Amex will give me a yes day. They're like, sir... You can use your card as much as you want. We'll say yes. You know, Netflix gives me yes days. Like, bro, you want to keep watching? I don't know, like what reruns or whatever you're watching at 3 a.m. We are there for it. I mean, we'll ask once in a while, like, are you you still there? You know, are are you meaning to make these poor life decisions? Great. We're here for it. You know, DoorDash, man, they're always down for a yes day. You know, like Chick-fil-A, good. New Lucky China, good. Crumble Cookie, four of them for just you, good. You know, they'll all give me a yes day. And and, those people will. The only problem is I'm paying for it. So I'm like, come on. Like, what about me? I want my yes day. Uh, So I've been thinking about that. We just started a series last week called A Better way, a better way. And uh, the whole idea of this series is that the first Christians weren't in fact called Christians. You guys know that? They weren't called Christians. They were actually called followers of the way. That's what they called themselves, followers of the way. And it was not because they were fans of the Star Wars show Mandalorian. This is the way, you know, not that. Anybody see the finale? It was awesome. Um, I'm a Star Wars nerd. There you go. Um, But not for that reason. The reason that they were called followers of the way is because they believed 
that a rabbi from Nazareth was in fact God in the flesh and that he died on a cross for the sins of the world and he rose from the dead to start something brand new. And not just a brand new belief system, but a brand new way, a brand new way, a way of living and being and treating people that was from heaven, that was in fact the kingdom of heaven come to earth. And the first Christians, they followed this way. They were followers of the way. And they followed it not because they thought it would make them like more Christian. That term didn't even exist at first. They followed it because they believed it was better. They believed it was better. They believed it was a better way for their families and for their marriages and for their habits and their choices and for their futures and for their neighborhoods and for their neighbors and for the whole wide world. Because that's exactly what Jesus told them it was. That's exactly what he said. And if you remember last week in his keynote sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, the, the, the manifesto, Jesus' manifesto of this way that he preached, most likely everywhere that he went, uh, Jesus ended that sermon, his like keynote sermon with this parable, with the parable of the broad road and the narrow road. We looked at it last week. Jesus said broad is the road that leads to destruction. At the end of the sermon, on the way, he said, hey, you need to know this is a parable. Broad's a road that leads to destruction. In other words, in life, there's a broad road, a road that is well-lit and it's well-traveled and well-advertised and well-celebrated, and most people are on it. The only problem is it leads to regret and pain and loss. But that's not your only option. He says, in, 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 in contrast to that, narrow is the road that leads to life. And Jesus said, I've been inviting you this whole sermon. I'm inviting you to follow me on the narrow road may not be well lit, it's not well traveled, it's not well advertised, certainly not well celebrated, but it leads to life. It leads to the life that you're looking for. And that's what this series is about. This series is about walking in the better way of Jesus because we're all invited. You're invited, you're invited. We're all <clears throat> invited to walk this way, Aerosmith. But here's the deal. Uh, for those of us who are Christians, it's not just that we're invited. No, in fact, we're commanded like, it's not an option for us. By the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, we have to walk in the way of Jesus. Why? Because like we saw last week, uh, what we believe makes all the difference in eternity. But how we walk makes all the difference in the community. That's what makes all the differences in our lives, in our choices, in our finances, in our relationships, and in our futures, and in our, in our world. What we believe uh, as a church, this is what's, why it's important for us as a church, what we believe makes us identifiable, Right? Makes us identifiable, like, oh, you believe in Jesus, you're a Christian. But how we walk, that's what makes us and our message and our Savior irresistible. And so it's this really big deal. And then we, but we're talking for three weeks about the way of Jesus and, and how to walk in it and why we urgently must do so. And we started last week with the first one. And we saw that the way of Jesus is first and foremost the way of love, that we are called to love not just in any way, we're called to love as he has loved us. And that standard is so like specific and it's so practical and it's so difficult, but it is a way of loving that could change the entire world. And in fact, it did at one time change the whole wide world. If you missed that, you need to go back and catch up and as, we, as we continue through this. But today, we're going to move on and we're going to talk about number two, the second big characteristic of the way of Jesus. And we're actually, we're going to move from talking about how I treat others to talking about how I treat myself. Turns out the, the narrow way of Jesus, it doesn't just apply to how you treat others. It applies to how you treat yourself. To 
I think it's kind of nice and appropriate because that's the question, my opinion, that's the question that kind of naturally rises in response to last week. Like, yeah, 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 we're talking about how we treat others, like love others, love others, love others, and that's great, I get it, that's great and awesome and I'm bored with it, but hey, come on, what about me? What about me? I get that we're talking about others and love others, but like, wait, what about me? I mean, because I have desires too. I've got needs too. I've got goals and aspirations too. I got things I'd like to do as well. I got, I got possessions I'd like to acquire. I got experiences I'd like to have. I got places I'd like to go, meals I'd like to eat, vacations I'd like to take. I got advances in my career that I'd like to realize. I got assets I'd like to buy for my families. I got blessings and opportunities that I would love to come my way. I mean, like I too have a life to live. I too have potential to realize. I have dreams to chase. I too have a story to tell. What about me? And that's what we're talking about today for just a few minutes. I want to talk about self-fulfillment. Self-fulfillment. It's just one of the most basic questions that everybody asks on planet Earth. Hey, what about me? Everybody asks that question. And everybody has a plan for answering it, don't we? Every single one of us, we have a strategy for pursuing that right there. And as kids, this is the interesting thing, as kids, we all start out with the same strategy. The strategy of my six-year-old the other day at her birthday party. I want a yes day. I want a yes day. Y'all remember that as kids? It was like our dream as little kids. Like our whole dream was to get that yes from mom and dad or that yes from our teachers and coaches or whoever it is that we were asking for something. Like, for example, this happens all the time. This goes down every single day in my house. Maybe it goes down in your house. I don't know, but it does in mine where my kids are coming to ask for something and hoping for that yes, right? Like, for example, very often our kids will come ask for a pizza pajama jam. My wife made up this name, but this is something that happens like, you know, once in a while in our house where we order pizza and you get to watch a whole movie. You know, we have little kids. And, uh, and stay up late. And so, you know, they ask for that all the time. Now, at first, they weren't smart about it. At first, they would just come up and they would pester, you know? You might have got kids that are like legendary pesterers. Well, our kids were great at it. They come up and be like, I want to be in some Gemini. I want to be in some Gemini. I want to be in some Gemini. Please, please, please. And we're like, no, go to bed, you know? <laughs> but then they got smart. They realized that their little brother was the secret weapon. Austin. So they would send Austin in. He's like, he just turned four. And he would come up, and Austin has this way of being like, he'll come in, Daddy, you want a hug? And you're like, oh, and you pick him up, and he'll like nuzzle his head, like right here, and you're just like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. And then he'll like pull his head back, and you're like, Daddy, can we have a piece of pajama yum? And they have been coaching him to put the lip out. This is all the time. And you can like hear them like whispering. They're like right around the corner going, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. They're just like praying for those three letters. Yes. And when I gave the, yeah, okay, yeah, buddy. They're like, pizza, pizza, pizza. They're like jumping up and down. Like they're holding Austin, hugging him, jumping up and down. I mean, Super Bowl teams have celebrated less than my kids do when I say yes to pizza, pajama jam. Oh, it's crazy. But this is like their life strategy right now. Same strategy that we all pretty much have at kids. I want a yes day. I want a yes life. That's what's going to make me happy. That's what's going to get me what I want to get. That's what's going to satisfy the desires of my little heart and my little soul. And that's his kids. But here's the deal. I mean, barring some kind of intervention, it just stays that way. We just keep on chasing, you know, a yes day or a yes month or a yes season and a yes life. I mean, sure, we grow up. I mean, hopefully. 
We grow up a little bit. We learn that there are a lot of people and a lot of things that will tell us no. And so we learn that we got to work hard and we got to make some sacrifices. And you know, we might even need to say no now in order to say yes or someone tell us yes later. And so you know, we add in the nuance of discipline into the mix, right? Hopefully we also add in the idea of moderation, you know, that it's not just, hey, let's eat ice cream sandwiches until you puke on the car or the floor on the way home from church, you know. It's not like that, right? It's not a real story. What are you talking about? Um, you all see the ice cream shot a couple Sundays ago? Um, you know, we don't do that. Like, there's like, we, we say yes in moderation. Okay, we, we, we learn that. So, so we grow up, right? And we, we add words like discipline on the front end or maybe moderation on the back end. I mean, but the goal remains the same, right? And it's this. It's yes. You want to know how to treat yourself? How to fulfill yourself? How to realize your potential? How to realize your dreams? How to live the life that you were made to live, that you want to live, be the person that you want to be? Pursue yes. Pursue that. Pursue a yes day. Pursue a yes life. Pursue a yes strategy. And here's why. Because here's the underlying belief. The underlying belief is, is this, that self-gratification, sorry, self-fulfillment equals self-gratification. The underlying belief here is that self-fulfillment, it, it equals self-gratification. And it's not just us. I mean, sure, this comes naturally, kind of to all of us. That's why we all start the same place as kids. But I mean, come on, our culture is all constantly confirming it. Our culture is like constantly calling us to it. I mean, it feels like everywhere you look, that's the message. Hey, you want it? Go get it. You need it? Go take it. You feel it? Go for it. Why not? I mean, how many bad purchases have I made on Instagram in the bathroom? You know, it's like no matter where you are, the message is coming from somewhere. The message is this. Hey, you want to know what about me? We got the answer. The answer is this right here. It's yes. You go after this to whatever extent you can, of course, in moderation. Self-fulfillment is self-gratification. Go for it. Say yes. And, and that's not new. Like we didn't invent this in our country or even in our generation. It's a tale as old as time. I mean, as long as there have been humans, this has been the primary strategy. Strategy number one right here. Well, but then onto the scene comes a rabbi from Nazareth and he said, no, y'all got it wrong. You got it all backwards. This right here, this is the way of the world. And it's the broad road. And yeah, it might be well lit. It might be well traveled. It might be well advertised. It might be well celebrated, but it does not lead where you want to go. It does not lead where I want you to go. It leads to destruction, his words. He said, but if you want to find life, like the life that you're looking for, the life that you were made for, the life that I'm calling you to, that you're going to have to follow me down a much narrower road. One that almost no one celebrates, one that no ad is inviting you to, and one on the surface, man, it seems almost offensive and a whole lot of no fun. And it's this road right here. He said these to Jesus' words, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. In a world where the answer was yes, 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 Jesus steps in and he says, nah, the real answer, the right answer, and your answer, if you're going to follow me, 
says, no. <laughs> and it's like, ugh, that's awful. Like, what? that's like downright un-American. I mean, amen, you know? You might be sitting there going like, hey, can we go back to that song that was making me feel good? You know, like, what is this guy doing? What's up, what's up with this? And y'all, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry you showed up on this Sunday. Uh, I know, you're like, what are we talking about here? I, I just want you to know that I know that this sermon is, is going to be no fun. This isn't going to be one of those you're like, oh, that was great. I just, I just loved how it made me feel. So I apologize in advance, but I just, I just want to remind you, uh, I know I know that what I'm saying is not probably going to be any more popular today than it probably was when Jesus said it the first time. I just want to remind you that I'm just reading, okay? Jesus said it. Reading said it, okay? I'm just, I'm just reading, didn't say it. So you're not actually mad at me. You're, you know, you're, you're bone to pigs with Jesus, okay? But this is what he said. This is what he said to his disciples. Whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to follow me, must deny themselves and take up their cross. Follow. Come on. Now, why in the world would he say that? I mean, why would Jesus invite us to join him in saying no? Why would he invite us to join him in denying ourselves? You're like, is this, this is it that version of Christianity where you like retreat to a monastery because like the world is bad and God hates fun and French fries and the internet and all that? Like, is that what you're talking about here? And, and no, 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 no. This isn't the problem with the world. I mean, true, true. We believe that the world has fallen. So Christians believe. And by the way, that's really good news, you know, that the world in its current form is not how God intended it to be and it's not how he's going to leave it. Like, that's great news, right? But the problem here isn't with the world. Mm -mm. The problem is with you and with me. The reason that we need to say no is because our yes isn't reliable. Our yes isn't trustworthy. And come on, we all know this is true. We all know this is true. We all know that we have a tendency to say yes to the wrong things. In fact, the wise King Solomon of Israel captured it so well when he wrote about this universally acknowledged tendency of humanity. He said it this way in the Proverbs. He said, there is a way which seems right to a person, but its end is the way of death. He's like, hey, wise, really wise man. He's like, you know what I've observed for myself, my kids, everyone? There's a way which seems right to a person. Like, hey, we should say yes. We should go there. We should head that way. We should do that. We should join there. But its end is the way of death. Ooh, we shouldn't have said yes. We shouldn't have gone there. I shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have joined in. You ever seen your kids do this, parents? Anybody ever seen their kids do this? Yeah. Uh, no, am I the only one? Like one of you raised your hand. Okay, you can raise your hand in church and it's okay. Because um, the rest of y'all just lying. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It seems to me sometimes that, I mean, I did student ministry for over a decade. So it's not just my kids. I got a front row seat to a lot of other people's kids. But it seems to me like half of parenting is like holding your kids back from saying yes to things that are either going to hurt them or someone around them, right? It's like half of your parenting is just like, no, you know, holding them back. It's crazy, isn't it? But of course, the same is true of you and me. I mean, we have a long list of times and examples and instances in our adult lives when we said yes to a desire or an impulse or an opportunity or an invitation that either hurt us or hurt people and things that we love. Like, like times 
when a yes to something now meant a no to something more important later, right? Or times when uh, a no, I mean, a, a yes to one thing um, backed you into a corner of saying no to like your kids or to your spouse or to your future or, or even to God. We have a tendency to say yes to the wrong things, but even worse, this is even worse, even worse, when we do say yes to the right things or to totally fine things, we also have a tendency to say yes to the right things in the wrong way, don't we? Like times when we use the right thing in the wrong way, like uh, food or drink, for example. Or times when we try to acquire the right thing in the wrong way, like when you hurt somebody to advance your career. And we're all like, yeah, I mean, we all have this tendency in us. And it's just, it's honestly, it's crazy if you stop to think about it. And the question is like, what is up with that? Like, what's that? What is, our, what is our problem? How is it that, that the yeses now that enable us so often turn into no's that limit us later? How, is it, how does that happen? How is it that like, the indulgences now often turn into injuries later? Why doesn't self-gratification just work? Well, the prophet Jeremiah from the Jewish scriptures uh, famously offered us this diagnosis. He said, uh, you want to know? Well, The heart is deceitful above all things, and it's beyond cure. Who can understand it? It's not just that we make mistakes. There's something in here that leads us astray. Our yes isn't reliable. Our yes isn't trustworthy. And Jesus says, yeah, that's why it's the broad road. That's why it leads to destruction. To the, to the degradation of or the erosion of the life that we all want. The families and the marriages and the choices and the habits and the lifestyle and the neighborhoods and the neighbors and the country and the, and the community that we all want to have. And it's why I'm inviting you to a different way. It's why I'm inviting you to a better way. To this way. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Jesus is inviting us to the word. No. He's inviting us to a lifestyle of self-denial, to the the practice of self-restraint. He's inviting us to answer the question, what about me? Not with self-gratification, but with self-mastery. He's inviting you, look what it says, to take up your cross. This is a a really extreme reference. It's just out of time for us, so we don't feel it the same way, but... The cross was the modern day in his time. It was, an, it was the way you executed people. I mean, to put context to it, uh, Jesus, once he was convicted to death, he, he would then carry his cross from the city out to the hill where he was executed. So, I mean, it's a pretty graphic reference. His, his audience would have been like, whoa, took it, up, took it up a notch there. And he's like, yeah, I'm inviting you to deny yourself in a way that feels like dying to yourself. I'm asking you to come on and deny yourself in a way that is unpleasant and that is downright painful and definitely unpopular. And I want you to do it voluntarily. And here's why. And this is so important. This is the whole point. Here's why. I want you to deny yourself and take up your cross so that you can follow me. I want you to deny yourself so that you can follow me. And that's the whole point of this. This isn't about just saying like, no, like, no, 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 no. This isn't, this isn't about just saying no. This is about saying no to one thing so that you can say yes to another thing. It's about saying no to you so that you can say yes to Jesus. It's about saying no to following you 
so that you can say yes to following Jesus. It's like this. I think I've done this illustration for some of you before, but this is so important. And this illustration is just so clear to me that uh, I want to do it again. If in case you, even if you've seen it before, there was uh, a time recently where I bought my dog, Kobe, a new toy. Uh, and the reason I bought him a new toy is because um, this was his old toy. This is his old yucky tennis ball or one of them. And uh, I was looking at it one day and not only is he not good at fetch, like he never brings the ball back. So it's not, it doesn't work that well. Um, but I'm like, that ball is disgusting. Does my dog have a ball that like, you know, you, you need to burn. It's just that gross. Uh, well, this, I mean, yeah, it's, it's everything you imagine. It's everything you imagine. Uh, uh, this is his, his ball. And I thought, I can do better than this. I mean, this was a while back, you know, and, and we hadn't gotten like the full repertoire of things we have now for our dogs. We have two dogs now. But I thought, I'm a better dog owner than this. I'm going to be a great master and I'm going to go get him a new toy. So I went to the pet store and I was like looking around and I thought, um, he's not like a huge dog, but like he likes to play tug of war. And I thought, this is so much better. We can like tug with this. It's clean. I mean, it'll get dirty, but whatever. I was so excited. I'm like, I got a couple of these and I came home and I walk in the door with all this expectation that I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. He's going to love me. This is me. Here I am, you know, you know, dad's home. And, uh, and, I, and he comes around the corner and I'm like, look, Kobe, Yeah. And, you know, I expected it to be this great moment. But what was the problem? What did he have in his mouth? Yeah. He had this thing in his mouth. And I was like, Kobe, drop it. Drop it. Kobe, drop it. Drop it. Kobe, drop it. Drop it. Kobe, drop it. You know? And he would not drop the ball. And I was just like, oh, I was getting so frustrated. Now, and here's the whole point. Why did I want him to drop it? Was it because I didn't want him to enjoy the ball? No, I wanted him to enjoy something better. Was it because I wanted to take something from him? No, it was because I wanted to give him something better. I wanted him to say no to the ball so he could say yes to his brand new toy. Simple concept. But that's exactly what Jesus is saying to us. This is what he literally says next. After he says this, he says, for whoever wants to save their life, lose it but whoever loses their life for my sake they'll find it it's a little cryptic it's a play on words in the original language in english sometimes it's hard to understand but here's what he's talking here's the idea it's a cost-benefit analysis that jesus is throwing out at us inviting us to reason with him in this and he's saying this listen there's the life you have and there's the life i want to give you right there's the life you have And there's the life that I have bought for you, paid for with my blood. And here's the deal. If you try to save it, you try to like hold on to it, you're going to lose it. I mean, not only are you eventually going to lose this, the life that you have, but you're going to lose out on that. To the extent that you hold on to this, you're going to miss out on that. Why? Because your hands are full. But watch this. If you lose it, Well, now your hands will be free to find it. Now your hands will be free to find it. And this is what Jesus is urging us to do. He's urging us to lose it so we can find it. 
to lose it so we can find it. He's saying, hey, say no to your plans for your life so that you can say yes to my plan for your life. Say no to your leadership in your life so you can say yes to mine. Say no to following carte blanche your desires and impulses and will so that you can say yes to following carte blanche me and mine. Lose it to find it. And that, by the way, is what self-denial means. That's what self-denial means. Self-denial is not self-loathing. Self-denial is not self-deprivation. No, self-denial is self-decentralization. It's a, it's, a, it's a dethroning of self and an enthroning of Jesus. It's a no. It's a no that frees you up to give a better yes. You know what I mean? A no that frees you up to give a better yes. And this is why I'm preaching about this today. Because I want this for you. Shoot, I want this for me. I want it for us. And Jesus is inviting us to walk in this way because like everything, so much hangs on it. So much hangs on it. I mean, because on one hand, sure, Jesus is talking about our eternity. He's talking about, you know, life after this life. And the invitation from Jesus to trade with him. To trade your sin for his righteousness. Your guilt for his forgiveness. Your finite life for his eternal life. And that trade happens when you believe in Jesus. And like just surrender your life to him. When, when you say, hey, I, I'm no longer holding on to this. No, I'm going to say yes to that. And when you do, you are born again in the Holy Spirit. And, and you trade the old for the new forever. So yeah, sure, in one sense, Jesus is talking about like our lives then. But here's the deal. He's also talking about our lives right here, right now. Like he's talking about work tomorrow or and carpool tomorrow and like hanging out with whoever you're hanging out with tomorrow because God wants you to have life and life to the fullest right here, right now. Not just then sometime in the future, like way off. We can't even really think about it. Can't even, I mean, connect with, no. God wants you to have life like right here, right now. And the urgency of Jesus's words for you and me today, the reason that they are like relevant to our actual lives right here, right now, because this isn't just the way to the life that God wants you to have then. No, it's the way to the life that God wants you to have right now. Like the only way to the marriage that God wants you to have right now is through self-denial. The only way to the family that God wants you to have is through self-denial. The only way to the character that God wants you to have is through self-denial. The only way to the faith or the joy or the peace or the patience or the success or the productivity or the legacy, the only way to the story that God wants you to tell is through self-denial. Through a daily and often painful no to you and yes to God. And that's the huge idea that Jesus is trying to get us to understand and like grab a hold of with this. An idea that flies in the face of our culture, an idea that certainly flies in the face of logic, and an idea that, you know, perhaps flies in the face of our upbringing and our own experience. And it's this idea right here that self-fulfillment is found through self-denial, not through self-gratification. Self-fulfillment is found through self-denial, not through self-gratification. Like the secret to life, the secret to being happy, the secret to fulfilling your hopes and your dreams and your desires and your potential, the secret to living the life that you were meant to live and being the person that you were meant to be 
The secret is to abandon the relentless pursuit of yes and bind yourself to the practice of no. To abandon the right to save your life and bind yourself to the daily practice of losing it. So that, against all logic and all expectation, you can can find it. And listen, like like I said, I, I, I know that I know this is offensive. I know this is unpleasant. I know this isn't fun. I know this makes nobody feel good. But my friends, if we want to follow Jesus, this is the way. This is the way. It's the way of the cross. If anyone wants to follow me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross and go and follow me. And yes, this road, it may not be well lit, well traveled, well advertised and well celebrated. But it's better. It's better. It's the only road that leads to life, the life that you're looking for. And hey, by the way, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're not a Jesus follower, that's totally fine. But this is still true for you. This is still true for you. The only way, and you know this, you intu- we just intuitively understand that this is true. The only way to the, to the marriage or the family or the character or the joy or the peace or the health or the success or the productivity or the legacy that you want to have is only through self-denial. That's the only way you're going to get there. And we know this. It's easy to see in hindsight, by the way. This might be helpful. This is helpful for me. It's really easy to see in hindsight, Right? Because when you look back in your past, oh my goodness, we can all, we could like list, start listing so many times when we wish past us had said no to a whole lot more things so that we could say yes to some way more important ones today. Right? Like that's so easy to see. It makes it crystal clear. You're like, oh yeah, totally. I wish past me had said no a whole lot more. Well, guess what? You're past you right now, the future you. And come on, chances are you like already know an area and maybe multiple areas of your life where you like already know this would change your future forever. Where a small but painful no now would lead to a much bigger and more important yes later. And the question is, do you have that skill? Do you have the skill? Have you developed this discipline? Jesus says you should chase it urgently. You should chase this urgently. Why? Because you got some big things that you want to say yes to. But here's the truth. The biggest yeses of your life are always going to be built on top of a sustained series of no's. You know that. No's that are painful. No's that might actually feel like carrying your cross. The biggest yeses of your life, they're always going to be built on a sustained series of no's. And we know that. So come on, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Why not? Why not try? Why not try this crazy counterintuitive way of Jesus, the way of the cross? I'm telling you, it's a better way. So that's my question. Same question as last week. What way are you walking? We're all walking away. We're walking some way. What way are you walking? And where and with whom maybe do you need to start walking in the way of the cross? Or here's the the way I wrote the question today. Just to rephrase it a little bit. Um, where have you been giving yourself a yes day that belongs to God? Where have you been giving yourself a yes day that belongs to God? Like where are you on a different road from Jesus? Where are you giving yourself a pass? 
right now? Where are you rationalizing? Where are you doing theological gymnastics? Like, well, yeah, I know, but like, if you think about it this way, where are you having intentional biblical blindness? Christians, where, where's that happening in your life right now? Where have you institutionalized disobedience? Or where have you uh, uh, cemented patterns of regret and pain? Where, uh, where in your life are, are consequences that have well-worn ruts because you've been doing it over and over again? Like, where are you, where are you holding on to control? Where, where are you holding on to this right now? My assignment to you, if I may give you one, is to start right here. And this week, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. Perhaps you're thinking about an appetite you've been indulging or a habit in your marriage you've been justifying or a work schedule that just doesn't fit either with your life or your kids or your character or with God. I don't know. Or maybe it's a a discipline that you've let fall lax. Maybe it's a financial thing and how you're spending your money or how you're being generous with your money. Maybe it's a a step you know God's been asking you to take, but you're not doing it. I I don't know what it is, but you do. And if I may, my assignment to you is just start there. Go fess up to God. Hey, God, I've been giving myself a yes day that belongs to you, and I'm giving it back. And then you go this week, find one way to tell yourself a big, horrifying, painful no. And yeah, the thing inside you might react like your kids do when you tell them no. We all got it. I got it. But you go tell yourself no. And I'm telling you, you can, you can, you can. The Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. You have all the power you need to say no to yourself and to say yes to God. It's not just up to you. He lives inside of you. You have everything you need. Why not go do it? Because I'm telling you, you have no idea. You have no idea what might lie on the other side of your decision to do that. You have no idea what yes God might have on the other side of your decision to do that. Well, yes, he might have waiting for you. You have no idea what blessing he might have waiting for you, or maybe not you. Maybe it's someone you love, someone who needs you to say no to yourself and yes to God. What blessing might he have on the other side of your decision to do that? I don't know, but I can tell you this. The greatest thing that God's yet to do in you and the greatest thing that God's yet to do through you is on the other side of your decision to do this. The only way there is by walking down the road of self-denial, by walking the way of the cross. So where have you been giving yourself a yes day where have I been giving myself a yes day? Trust me, I've already been bothered by my own sermon. Where have you been doing that? Giving yourself a yes day that belongs to God. And by the way, if God's an obstacle for you and you're like, I don't know if I'm there yet or whatever, I'm just visiting with somebody, that's totally fine. Just take God out and see what comes to mind. Where have you been giving yourself a yes day that belongs to someone else? To your kids or to your spouse or to your career or to your future or to your health or on and on down the line, to your finances? Where have you been giving yourself a yes day that belongs to someone or something else? And my assignment for you, if I may, is to just call it out, like out loud, write it down, tell someone, you call it out, and then go this week and tell yourself one big, ugly, terrible, horrible, terrifying no. Because if you do, Jesus says, blessed are you, because you are on the path of life. Try it. And maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, it'll make you wonder, okay, well, if that's true, what else might be true that Jesus said? What else might he have to say about my life? What else might I, should I consider trusting him with? And then come back another Sunday and we'll continue the conversation. But my friends, our faith, it's not just something we believe. It's someone we follow. And I'll be praying for you. Please pray for me. I'll be praying for you. Let's 
walk the narrow road. Let's walk in the way of the cross. In fact, let me pray for you and we'll close. Heavenly Father, uh, I'm sure this is equally as hard and offensive for us as it was for the first people that heard you say it, Jesus. So not only I'm asking, would you give us clarity to understand it? I pray that you give us courage to trust you that it's a better way. I think we know, like we intuitively know. When you break it down, we know. We know that we have tendency to say yes to the wrong things. We see it in our kids and we see it in the mirror. But oh God, would you give us like courage to trust you enough this week to fess up, to give back a yes day we've taken for ourselves that belongs to you. And, and just God, would you give us the courage to tell ourselves no and go walk in the way of Jesus? I just pray for that in my own life because I want to walk on the path of life. So help us. And uh, we trust you. We know that you have all the grace in the world for us and you have all the power in the world that we need and all the grace that we'll need when we mess it up. So thanks in advance for that. But God, we want to walk in the way of Jesus. Help us do that in Jesus' name. Amen.